keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 20-year-old bisexual cis female currently in a relationship with a straight dude. She's a student who loves talking about sex and relationships, which she also does on her podcast, Sextras, like sex and extras, Sextras. Born in Mexico, but now living in London. Welcome, Maria. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. Can you start off by telling our listeners if you had to rate yourself today on a sexual shame-o-meter with 10 being the most shamey and one being the least, where do you fall today? I would say maybe like five or six, maybe four. Actually, no, let's go for four. A four? Four. Okay, what makes you feel like a four today? I don't know. I'm pretty shy about things. Like, I'm so not shy about talking about sex with, like, pretty much anyone. But I think I tend to get a little bit more shy with the people I'm actually having sex with. Totally. And, like, when it actually comes down to being vulnerable. So, I don't know. I always say, like, oh, I'm so shameless or whatever. Because I talk about it a lot. And, like, I, I don't know. I'm not shy about it. But I think when it gets down to the moment, I'm pretty shy. I can relate to that. What is your sex life like right now? Can you just give us a quick overview? Yeah, I have a really good sex life, I'd say. Uh, I have I have sex a lot, as much as I'd want to, I guess. And it's the best it's been, because I guess I've been with my boyfriend for quite a while. For like the longest relationship, I guess. How long Sexual have you been together? relationship as well, so two years, a little over two years now. Okay. And you're having yeah. sex as much as you'd like. How how often is that? <laughs> Once a day, I guess. Or like every other day yeah. is fine with me. Okay. Take us back to your younger years. When do you first remember hearing about sex and how did your family talk about it? Uh, <laughs> my family didn't talk about it at all, really. Like I don't remember my parents ever talking to me about it. Okay. I heard about it from school. School when I was around nine, but I went to a Catholic school in Mexico City, so pretty closed off. Okay. And pretty, yeah, Catholic school vibe. So it was just telling us like the sperm swims to the egg. And I remember them showing us this book about the little sperm and his little journey. (laughs) And in the book, there was like a man and a woman like hugging naked. And they basically were like saying, this is when they're having sex. So I thought that it was just like a hug, like, or you could go in bed and be naked or whatever. But I still, even after they told us like what it was, I just thought that that's like optional, like the hug and stuff, because I just thought that the whole process, the sperm swimming to the egg and whatever, like that's how you got pregnant. But like the way that it happened is like you get married and then you pray to God and you're like, uh, like can I have a baby I want a girl we want a girl like mom would get pregnant and like then you had a baby and the whole naked hug thing was all like an optional thing and I I don't even remember when I realized that it was wasn't an optional thing (laughs) (laughs) do you remember how old you were during that first lesson yeah I was like eight or nine so it was really about like getting pregnant it was never about like the actual sex act or like anything like that it was just about how the baby actually gets made okay. kind of thing i know that catholic schools do not necessarily have nuns as teachers but i love the visual of the idea of a nun teaching sex ed did that happen for you 
we <laughs> we actually didn't have none. Okay, I know. I think like a right. lot of schools in Mexico <laughs> are Catholic schools, so it's just kind of pretty standard. But no, we didn't have none. Okay, it was just as as far as I can remember, just like a middle aged woman. And how long did you live in Mexico? I moved from there when I was ten, and okay. I moved to London. So then in London, I also had sex ed. Like we had a talk when we were around like 11, I think. And then maybe a talk when we were around 13. And then a talk when we were like 16 or 15 or something like that. And they were kind of like varying. Well, obviously, like as you get older, it's like varying detail. Yeah. At first, it was just sort of like puberty and all those things like boys girls and yeah very much just like sticking to what's going to change and whatever just puberty and then as we got older it was like more stds and like legalities of sex and stuff like that it wasn't it was still not very good like it they never really talked about pleasure or anything like that it was just literally sticking to like stds don't have sex before you're 16 and don't send nudes that was kind of what they said. So yeah. that was part of your education. Wow, that mm. really makes me feel like a different generation because that just didn't exist. You know, camera phones didn't exist <laughs> when I was that young. That's so cool. So you got a double sex ed lesson in two cultures. Did you ever have friends who talked about anything sexual? And when did you start exploring your own body? I have my friends, like when after 16, or like when people kind of started having sex and stuff, like my friends talk about sex all the time. Okay. And that's kind of like why we have a sex podcast, because it's just always been like a lot of what I know about sex as well. as like just my friends talking about it and stuff. But before that, I literally remember like there was this, I was 12 or something and it was big One Direction days. And I was so into One Direction. And there was this huge scandal about like them being caught masturbating or something which obviously like didn't happen but it was just a rumor mm -hmm. but I didn't know what masturbating meant mm. like at all and I remember one of our friends was, was like we were like talking about it and stuff and then we started talking about other things and then the click came up like just the word and she was like oh I obviously know what it is and like I was like yeah I obviously know what it is like I'll tell you and I like whispered to my friend it's like the stuff that comes out of like the dick so I thought the clit was come and like, and then my friend that actually didn't know what the clit was like, was like, you guys aren't ready for this conversation uh! or something like that. And then I don't know when I like actually found out what it was. I think it was just from me exploring, I guess. And then just like on Tumblr, I'm guessing. But the first time I don't know, but I was kind of young, like when I was 10 or like 11 that kind of age like when I started getting pubes I would never like actually touch my vulva or like down there or anything it was actually more like I remember I would like lie in bed and pretend that I was being like taken on a date and it was like really romantic and then he would like hug me and I would like hug myself and then we would like hold hands so I would like hold my hand and then I would like start like feeling myself up like just my boobs and like then start kissing my hand and like pretend we're making out and stuff like that and that like that's the first kind of like masturbation yeah. I guess because it was like I wasn't actually touching my vagina or like my whatever but I was like 
getting I don't know it was like sexual but it was also like about the romance mm-hmm. I've always been like so about like the romance and all of that shit so yeah <laughs> that's like my first memory <laughs> that's kind of incredible that your young brain was like no I need the romantic fantasy where did you get the ideas to be so romantic I I don't know like the more that I talk to Honey, the girl I do, my best friend who I do my podcast with about stuff like this, the more I'm like, I think when I was little and I used to watch like all these movies about, I was always so into like the whole princess narrative and like the hopeless romantic, like the one true love kind of thing. So I don't know, I think I've always just been so into like the romance of it all. And my parents are like super romantic together, Mm -hmm. like they've no, they've always like kissed in front of us and like my dad gets my mom flowers every thursday for like forever and there's like still does i think my dad is like such a hopeless romantic my mom is as well and i it just like kind of passed down to me so i yeah. and i guess i always i was always told that sex was like a marriage thing and like something that couples did together i guess when i started finding out about it and it was always like what you did with your like all the like kissing and hugging and touching is like what you did with your couple, your whoever you were with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you became more in touch with your body after you moved away from Mexico, or do you have any super young memories of like kids stuff? No, okay. not at all. I okay. don't. Yeah. I, I always find it like really funny when people talk about when they're they're kids and just like hum pillows and stuff and I'm like I never did that why didn't I never do that like that's genius (laughs) I feel like it just depends on what our body came into contact I mean brains too like depending on what we were exposed to Mm -hmm. but I think for those of us who didn't have people to initiate us into things like I was a I was a hyper sexually curious kid I just didn't know it but I just remember I had a car seat that buckled between my legs And I would press up against it. And I, you know, I was in a car seat. Like I was a little kid. That's like one of my early, early like (laughs) contact memories. And I just remember being like, hmm, this is interesting. So how did your romance sessions turn into masturbation? Did they? I don't actually remember it as being like, okay, this led into this. Uh I kind of remember hearing about masturbation like separately like okay. I never even connected, connected that as, like, I love that I kind of love until that. I was way older yeah and I think I just heard about it like masturbating I don't even know how it must have been on the internet somewhere mm-hmm. like on tumblr I'm guessing because I was really on tumblr like those days and I never really wanted to do it with my fingers, you know, like it, it like I when I ever since I started it, I used a toothbrush because I heard about a toothbrush. Uh-huh. And so I just one? used that. Or, yeah. OK. And it worked really like I loved it from the start and shower heads. Yep. But I'd never like I, I've never really used my fingers that much. Like I've done it since and like once in a while I'll do it. But like really so rarely. OK. Why? I don't know. I don't really like it. I don't like how the inside of my vagina feels, first of all. Because? And I don't know why, because also I'm, I'm bi, so I like uh, how the other, how like other vaginas feel, but mm. I just don't, I hate feeling my fingers inside my own vagina. I, I don't know why I really don't like the texture. Uh-huh. And like, I also don't even like, like, 
penetration like with fingers that much like if you're gonna finger me I'd rather you were like focusing on my clit and Mm -hmm. when I masturbate I never really focus on anything other than the clit I don't like the feeling of it that much and I don't get super wet when I masturbate always so the dryness of my feet of my fingers against like my vulva isn't super nice and it's yeah it just hurts can you tell us the details of how you do focus on your clit with the toothbrush I use like the toothbrush and like the actual brush but not the brush on on my skin like the back of the brush on my skin because it's like more intense vibration yeah and I my favorite positions is either like right below my like in between my clit and my vagina so it's kind of like pressuring both cool or like above my clit yeah so it's not like ever like it doesn't I don't really like it when I'm anything actually like comes in direct contact with my clip because it's like quite sensitive same but not super sensitive okay just kind of sensitive yeah so I prefer like even if the hood is covering like that's fine as long as it's not like actually directly touching yeah I like vibration mostly that's like (laughs) I'd say my favorite feeling or tongues yeah like I love getting head that's like my two favorite things yeah on my clip not directly I like circular motions, up and down motions, like any motions really I'm down for. Uh, I don't like super like speedy. Okay, that was or like an important question. Okay. You know, like those vibrators that are like, that have those like kind of shooting kind of settings. I don't like that at all. Same, it has yeah. to be more like a constant and like deeper rhythm yeah. and like pressure, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what about when you are, it sounds like you have some experience with other people's vaginas as well. Yeah, a couple of people. <laughs> Do you want to give us details about vaginas and then we'll move on to cocks and then we'll kind of like get into your early partnered experiences? Sure. Yeah. I mean, vaginas are kind of weird because I only really know my vagina and my ex-girlfriend's vagina super well. And mm-hmm. like, that was super weird because we were, I'm going to get into first experiences right now I guess because she was my first everything like first kiss first anything so we kind of explored a lot together and I feel like that was really cool like being a girl exploring all those things first with a girl because we were both kind of like insecure about similar things and we kind of both got to like see each other's vaginas I guess and be like oh okay everyone's is like a bit different and like we got to really understand that how like things that would get me off would not get her off and like the whole process of like learning how to make each other come was like so weird because then we did like discovered like oh I'm so easy like I literally can be done in 30 seconds whereas like with her it can take like hours and like a lot of people feel like that there's something wrong with them or whatever but I think both of us like being so different we like fully understood that it's like but there's nothing wrong with either of us it's like you just have to understand what's gonna get someone there and be patient or whatever I guess to bring it back to vaginas it's weird because so many people have like different sensitivities like they look so different people will like the feeling of like really different things they'll get so much more like wet or so much more dry like I remember with her sometimes like we used lube Mm because she just wouldn't get as wet as I would sometimes or like vice versa like I don't know they're super they're super interesting and super different like all the ones I've seen so far, I guess. 
Did you go down on her? Did you finger her? What kind of conversations did you have around it? Yeah, what do you enjoy about that part of the experience? So at first, we kind of were just like really young. I was 15. We weren't like super talking about it, like sitting down and being like, oh, are you ready? Okay. It would kind of just like, we would kind of see what happened. But I remember one time we were about to like actually like touch each other's genitals for the first time. We were at this, at my friend's house. And then we like went to the side and we were like, are we really going to do this? And we're like, oh, should we just wait? Like, it's not the right moment and stuff. So we did like, I do remember we did kind of like check in with each other and we're like making sure that like it was cool. Mm hmm. I don't know. I find with girls, it's a lot. I find my like personally, I find it a lot easier to just tell them more stuff, like in terms of sex, like if they're doing stuff wrong, not, not wrong that you can't do stuff wrong. But like if it's not exactly what I like mm -hmm. or exactly the way I like it or if it's not the right spot or whatever, like I think I find it a lot easier to communicate those things. Do you have any specific moves that you like to do on a vagina or that you might share with our listeners or anything that made your past girlfriend like really into it? Because I think just sharing the specific details of each body helps us map. Oh, yeah, it is different for everyone. I should check in. Yeah. yeah. OK, well, oh, I guess you asked me about like what I like. I love giving head to girls and I love giving head to guys, actually. Like head. Head is just the best. Like oral sex, just my favorite probably really? as in like sex element maybe I don't know uh -huh, uh -huh. what do you like about it I love the wetness I think for vaginas like super helpful to be honest like because fingering sometimes like it can be a bit dry feel a bit dry or whatever like especially if you want to like focus on the clit which I love like it just feels really wet and like you can kind of I don't know <laughs> go go for it I guess I also really like the smell of vaginas and penises, to be fair. Like, I kind of mm -hmm. like the way genitals smell. Me too. Just kind of weird, I guess. The mustiness. <laughs> no, I think, I don't, I don't think it's weird. I think it's just so socially normalized to be like, ew, it smells gross, like sweat. You know, I know, mm. and I know a lot of people don't True. like the smells and that's okay too. But I think there's a weird, I feel like it's, comes from comedy like sex negativity and comedy where there's like a cool vibe that comes from like not liking mm. smells so those of us who are like i actually love the scent you know <laughs> like i'm not gonna go buy a vagina yeah. candle from goop but at the same time like <laughs> i love smelling my partners and i love because it's like when my head is down there i know that pleasure is in store for both of us you know so it's yeah exactly yeah. as far as technique though i actually did want to say one thing this is like not something I personally have done, actually. Well, I have done it, but, like, in a while, because I haven't slept with a girl in a while. So, But this is, like, the one thing that I love also getting done to me, and I feel like it could work for a lot of people. It's, like, you basically want to, like, really flatten your tongue. So it's not, like, as I said before, it's not, like, one of those sharp kind of feelings. Yeah. It's more like a pressure kind yes. of feeling. You just want to, like, go literally, like, from all the way to from the like bottom of the vagina like to the top of the clit and just yes. like keep doing that movement with like equal uh, equal pressure throughout or you can like put more pressure yeah. like in one bit like whatever they like I kind of prefer when there's like more pressure in the vagina and then less on the clit yeah so and just like literally same pressure like keep going like same rhythm same motion and like that 
can make me come like really quick that's awesome keeping the rhythm is like really important and like keeping the movement Mm -hmm. like if you just like keep consistent that is like the key for me because if things change up like I can lose it like I my clit just gets like kind of freaked out and it gets too sensitive and then I don't I'm not really into it anymore I can so relate to that. Mine is like, wait, what do you, I thought we were doing that. I can't keep up. Wait, can you come back here? No, stop. Oh, you're poking me. Like that's, if, if it's like too switch up that's like the, <laughs> yeah. the inner dialogue that she has. When did you start discovering that you were bisexual and how did that unfold? And does your family know? And did Catholic school play a part in any repression? Like, did you, you know, what was that journey like for you? So it's interesting because uh, me and my mom have, my parents do know that I'm bi. I, okay. I came out when I was like 14 which is kind of around the time I realized like I realized when I was around 13 ish and I kind of just like was like oh maybe this is something that I'm into and then I just told a few friends and then from then on I kind of just like started seeing if that was the case yeah. and then I started dating someone and then my mom like I didn't say anything to my mom my mom didn't even know I was bi like nothing nothing and then she was like driving me to this girl's house one time and she's like is she your girlfriend and I was like what how do you know and she was like you can just tell like in your face like the way you talk about her and she literally didn't even know anything which I always think is wild I think that's (laughs) cute how did it make you feel though as a younger person so the way I kind of realized was on Tumblr, I feel like I've talked about Tumblr a lot, but on Tumblr, I yeah. met this girl and we became really close. And she was like, Yeah, I'm a lesbian. And this was kind of like the first gay girl I'd ever talked to in my life. I don't know. I wasn't like against gay people or anything like that. Like, I went to a really liberal school when I moved to London. So that's okay. like, I kind of just like started becoming a normal, like, liberal person, I guess, <laughs> rather than like being super catholic and like catholic guilt and stuff like i didn't really have that ever i kind of just like moved to london and was like oh this isn't really like the only way to look at things like there's actually a whole new world and then i kind of just like left it it wasn't like deep when i realized i just kind of talked to this girl i was like oh wow like that's interesting and i was like yeah definitely not me like i'm definitely straight and then the more i found out about it and like understood that it wasn't like like a oh that could never happen to me kind of thing like it was just being like normal you know yeah I was like oh cool yeah that's kind of like I like girls are so hot like I love girls and then I can so relate yeah (laughs) I was like wait 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 not everybody just thinks they're beautiful not everybody just like has crushes on them (laughs) when when people say girl crush they don't mean girl crush like they mean something (laughs) I don't get yeah yeah so it was it was chill like I kind of was just one day I was like yeah that might be it and then I just started like like I kind of was like oh yeah that girl's pretty and then I for ages I did think like oh my god I'm definitely just like doing it for attention and like Mm. just to be cool and just because I like heard about this and I'm actually just straight and this is all just a big facade or whatever but then I like fully fell in love with a girl so then I was like okay never mind yeah (laughs) so yeah and my parents were cool with it. They were, they don't get it sometimes. Like our, we had this one talk. I remember like my dad was like, cause my name's Maria Jose, which in a Spanish speaking country is like super normal, but obviously like people in 
English speaking countries don't understand. They're like, they always think Jose is my son, but my brother's name is Jose, but my brother's name is Jose Pablo. So everyone's always like, why is your surname your brother's name? Any like weird thing. But like, obviously, Maria is a girl's name, Jose is a boy's name. And mm-hmm. my dad's like, so when you're dating a guy, should I call you Maria? And then when you're dating a girl, should I call you Jose? And like, he was like, kind of just making a joke. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I laughed. Okay, it was a joke. I was like, oh, But, like, he kind of really didn't get it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was a joke. But, like, he also didn't get it. Like, he yeah. kind of didn't get that a girl could... I don't know. I think they thought it was also a big phase a lot of the time. I understand a lot of it. Like, I'm not, like, offended by anything my parents have said and stuff. Because I understand they come from a completely different education and like yeah. understanding of the world so it, and they're really understanding with just like trying to learn about it so they're cool and my younger brother's also bi okay. so they kind of had to be cool with it because otherwise yeah. <laughs> like, do you talk about sex at all with your brother i am super like everyone in my family knows that i just overshare about sex and stuff too much like sometimes my brothers are like oh maria stop i don't want to hear that but like <laughs> i'm not I, I don't I don't care like I'll be like oh yeah we were having sex or whatever like I don't know I'll just mention it because to me it's not weird but my little brother he's with he has a boyfriend right now and he's like sexually like we do talk about sex mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. all my siblings are a lot more reserved and private people than I am Same. so they kind of talk about it they're they're not super weird about it but they won't like sh- actively share their stuff Whereas, like, I will, and they sometimes won't want to hear it, but mostly they're, like, cool with hearing it, you know? And I'm super close with my little sister, so I I tell her everything. And sometimes she's like, oh, Maria, come on, I didn't need to know that. (laughs) When it's, like, a bit too graphic. Uh Sometimes I do get a bit too graphic with her. (laughs) I can totally relate to that. My sister has definitely, (laughs) over the past couple years, learned to be like, nope, nope. But also, (laughs) also, over the past couple years since I've had this podcast, she's shared more and more with me you know just in of her own volition Mm. so like that's that's kind of sweet too will you just dive in tell us the story of kind of your sexual progression so we heard about your first girlfriend sounds like your first partnered many things can Mm. you just kind of walk us through either how that relationship shaped your (laughs) sexual self or just what you started exploring after just kind of tell us your tell us about your sexual evolution yeah so we started dating me and this girl we dated for a bit and then we like we're like making out and we would like get into these like really hot makeout sessions and stuff and like at that point I think we were both like really horny but we'd both never really like done anything we weren't really sure and we were still quite young so it was still kind of like okay let's see to be fair at this point also like most of my friends had done stuff like maybe like given hand jobs for blow jobs and I was like the little like virgin one kind of thing (laughs) that still hadn't like kissed anyone so when we kind of like got together we were like taking it slow like seeing how it went you know yeah it would get like really heated and kind of like we'd be feeling each other up kind of that stuff and then after a while of us like dancing this dance or whatever we were like okay should we should we do it and like we kind of like started fingering each other kind of like over clothes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then it kind of got into like actually fingering each other and seeing like what felt good and stuff like that and then after that like after a few times of doing that we were like okay should we do this and we like went down on each other and then after a while of doing that okay now I'm gonna get into like 
like the whole virginity kind of thing because like I would I don't really care about virginity or whatever but I always say that like I lost my gay virginity and then I lost my straight virginity so it's like I had two because they're both two very different experiences Mm -hmm. but I have like a specific moment with my ex-girlfriend that I'm like this is like when we had sex even though we like did all the other stuff like before and we'd we'd kind of already done all the things that we did that night that we had quote-unquote sex like for the first time but I don't know it's like something about that night that like we'd already been together for like a few months we loved each other (laughs) I guess and it was like after this party and we like went home and it was just this like really deep moment for some reason like the moon was out and we like took all our clothes off and it was like the first time we kind of had like a sleepover and I don't Mm. know like something about that experience I was like I'm not a virgin anymore even though I hadn't done any other like sexual things that I hadn't you know yeah and then after that we kind of just like had a great time we had a lot of sex (laughs) but she was she's cool and we're we we're like friends now and everything and yeah we were like really in love and just like kind of really took our time with each other and like taught each other a lot of things and I guess the only thing we didn't do is like penetration Mm. like other than fingers because we never like used to strap on or anything like that so that's like something I guess we didn't experience together and like we were yet to experience or whatever but then we broke up because she realized after like a year and a bit that she was actually straight so oh really (laughs) did that have an effect on you oh yeah that like fucked me up real bad because we uh, I don't know it was like a fucked up kind of breakup because it was obviously like an amicable breakup because we were like we still had a lot of love and it wasn't like a reason that like we didn't like each other or whatever it was just that she was like this isn't me so I was like had to be fine with it we stayed friends and then like kept sleeping together and like I was still so in love with her when like she clearly wasn't in love with me but I still was and then it was like really fucked so so it took me like a really long time to get over her but then I got over her and now it's all good (laughs) okay has that affected your ability to hit on girls or make out with girls or has that affected you at all in that way trust wise with with female bodied people uh I guess a little bit Mm because also like girls that I've been with after that it's been like either their first experience with a girl or like it's been like ambiguous yeah 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 (laughs) Or like their first kind of experience. So it's it hasn't put me off because I know that she loved me. And like it wasn't that there was like something wrong with me or that like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it hasn't affected me as much as some people would think it has. I do feel super strongly about though, like straight girls leading girls on yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Like I, I speak about that all the time and like I'm completely fine with like straight girls wanting to sleep with girls I think it's like completely fine to want to do that or whatever but I think as long as you're honest about just like oh by the way like I'm not actually sure like what my what I like I'm kind of just doing this to see what it's like and don't expect us to like as in not not that you owe anyone anything or that people would expect that but like certainly I think if you're just honest about what you want then it's chill yeah so if I'm hearing an understanding it sounds like there's a lot of grace if the mutual, well-communicated understanding is 
I'm experimenting. I'm figuring myself out, mm. you know, whereas if, yeah. it, rather than just being dishonest in some way, you know, and I think that's the tricky part about sex stuff in general is all we can do is say how we feel right now to the best of our ability, you know, and sometimes feelings yeah. change. And I think that's where my most painful experiences have come from where it's like, oh, you, did, you didn't mean to lie. You just your feelings changed and didn't and you didn't tell me right away. So that's I, I hear that. Can you contrast for us? The difference between that first sexual experience with that girlfriend and your first male-bodied sexual experience. Or it doesn't have to be wrapped up in firsts. It can also just be experiences in general. Yeah, so uh, after me and my ex broke up, I didn't really, like, sleep with anyone for a while, like, other than her, pretty much. So I kind of just, like, stopped myself from moving on from the experience. But Mm -hmm. I guess the first person that I did sleep with after that was like the guy that I lost my had my sexual debut debut with my straight one I guess yeah he was a guy that I had a thing with like before kind of like we had history of liking each other or whatever and like I knew him for a while like I trusted him and that way it was like quite similar that it was like both with people that I knew like it was okay to just be like oh I don't really know what I'm doing yeah but let's just like see what happens I guess it was different because I was like in love with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. whereas I I wasn't really in love with this guy it was like more of a scary like oh wow let's let's see what happens and I think I was a lot more scared also because it was like a penis involved okay because I guess I'd never like been penetrated uh, or like yeah. even seen a penis I remember being a lot more anxious about the situation and like about actually like doing it than with my ex and I think obviously that comes with like I trusted her more because I was in a relationship with her but also I think it has to do with girls as well because I've always found it a lot more comfortable and easier to sort of be naked in front of a girl than a guy okay I think just subconsciously I feel a lot more trusting of women than men also (laughs) I don't want to like get into deep psychology and like make us label ourselves but if there's anything that's like an obvious like oh here's a reason why I trust girls more than boys I love to hear those things but if it's if you have to reach for it then it's probably just not helpful right yeah well I think like up until that age I hadn't really like been close with any guys other than my brothers like I just always had like female friends and stuff like I don't know I just never had guy friends so I never really like knew how to conduct myself, I guess. I just felt more comfortable around. I just feel more comfortable around women, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a a weird thing. I I don't really have a specific reason. But I think maybe I was also scared because it was like losing like your virginity, like how people talk about it. Like a a penis was actually going to be inside me. And I was like scared whether it would hurt or like whether I would bleed and then I would be embarrassed or like, I don't know. I just felt like more things yeah there were more things to worry about and then once I started actually because I also really wanted to have sex with this guy like a lot like I really wanted to have sex with him so I was also really excited so once it kind of started like it was all fine like he was kind of like taking the lead and that made me feel like I feel I guess more comfortable because I didn't really know what I was doing so he was just kind of like okay so then like we can do this and then he was like okay are you okay and he was like really nice like super nice the whole time and really understanding and it hurt I remember it hurt but it wasn't like the kind of pain that was like oh I need to stop this it was more like okay I can I can get through this (laughs) after like 
the pain of like okay I felt it go all the way in kind of thing I was like okay let's do this and then I remember kind of just being like okay can you just like hurry up and finish okay because this kind of hurts but it wasn't like a horrible pain I was just kind of like okay let's just I feel like this is the first time you know it has to hurt and then it will get better so yeah it was like an enjoyable experience I don't remember like feeling like oh wow that's like that felt so good whereas like with my ex I think like it was more so that I was I I, it wasn't like disheartened I was like oh that didn't feel that great but like I'm sure it will get great yeah because at that point I really love sex but I just hadn't had sex with a boy so (laughs) and has it gotten great how is it now even for a while like I wasn't that into like dick and vagina sex like I enjoyed all the other aspects of it more but I've been I've like learned kind of what feels good and like I enjoy it ten like way 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 more now oh that's awesome uh and yeah I think that was just like a lot of having sex and like like okay this feels good this doesn't and like this feels better and then also it just like hurts less when you have more sex I guess (laughs) can you tell us some of the specifics of like what does feel good for you yeah I love uh I really like deep penetration so I like when your legs are all the way back and touching your shoulders yeah like that's a good position I like I really like doggy because also like I don't know I guess that also allows for like deep penetration I really like deep penetration but also I really like just like the tip and like focusing on like the opening of the vagina like a tease or like rapid would rapid thrusting would that be a thing is that even a thing like do you have a partner that that like can just do the just the tip I don't think I've been with anyone that has that much self-control although my master does tease me with a tip quite a bit so yeah I I love teasing and like all that kind of like full play and like the build-up I like a lot can you just give us an overview of what some ideal buildup would be like? Just just to give our listeners a little uh, how-to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes my boyfriend will, like, will just be watching something or, like, doing something or whatever. And he'll just start, like, touching me, like, around, like, where my vagina is, I guess. Or, like, inner thighs or, like, above, like, my clothes and stuff. And just, like, as a signal, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to start turning you on (laughs) and like you kind of just do that and like pretend like nothing's happening for a while by that point I'm like already kind of getting turned on so then I'm kind of like okay are you gonna like acknowledge this (laughs) or like are we gonna are we gonna keep doing this until I come or like yeah and then I guess like making out a bit and like just start touching but like at this point it's like really like touching and like if you want to make out, then it's still, like, really light. You're not, like, getting all up in each other or anything. Yeah, I guess after a while of, like, making out and just, like, a lot of, like, my touching my butt and, like, maybe, like, going under my clothes and, like, pulling on my clothes and that kind of stuff. Like, to the point that I'm, like, so turned on that, like, my pants are, like, getting wet and, like, yeah. I have to take them off. So then we start, like, more and more clothes come off. And then my boyfriend actually gives me head like pretty much every single time we have sex, like before we have sex. So maybe like then he starts kind of like teasing that he's going to give me head or maybe like starts like fingering me a bit. But before he actually starts like going for it, like he can like put his dick inside for a bit and like kind of tease me with that, like 
yeah, this is how it feels, but you can't get it yet until you come. Um, oh, I love that. And then sort of like pull out and then go down on me or like finger me a bit and then like I'll come mm. or like until I come or whatever. Mm. And then it kind of like carries on. Like he'll still be like, I, my, I get super sensitive skin. Like my whole skin turns super sensitive after I come. So like yes. he'll kind of like touch me and like tease me and try to mess with me because like I don't really like to be messed with. Like after I come, I kind of want to like curl up into a ball. Totally. But he kind of will be like uh, like messing with me and like kind of keeping me in the moment mm-hmm. rather than like because you know sometimes when you come like you can kind of like just tap out of the moment. Yeah, or you can stay um, on the arousal plane if it's if mm-hmm. it's in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just kind of like keeping me there. Yeah, he'll just like finger me a bit maybe and then I'll like give him head and then a lot of the time I'm like giving him head, he'll like keep fingering me and sort of like all just building up to like us actually fucking. Like when he's like getting close, he'll like pull me up or be like, okay, come on, come here or whatever and then and then we can fuck. So I, I would say like that's kind of my ideal. Because it's not t- too time-consuming, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, for when you don't have that much time. <laughs> totally, totally. I like that, though, because it sounds like it's something that could be scaled. Like, if you had a lot more time, you can do all those things in, in different orders. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't, you could do, like, the faster version and still do the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we've heard a lot of your turn-ons, a lot of what you like. We've heard what you need in order to come. What are... What are some of your biggest turn offs? Hmm. I I feel like I'm pretty I'm quite insecure. Mm-hmm. So I think if like if any any comment that might make me like start to overthink any yeah. like or make me a, a little bit more insecure or whatever, even if it's like really not meant like that, that could like really take me out of the moment. Can you give us an example? Uh, 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 actually, okay. So this is we weren't actually having sex but we were like sending nudes yeah and stuff and then something was said about like like I think I said something about shaving or like something about uh, I don't know it was something to do with like my pubes (laughs) and then he like made a joke about like oh yeah like you have to shave or something and it was like obviously a joke but then that after that I was like oh shit like now I have to shave and like now I was like thinking of all these things yeah, I don't know. Any, any like, jokes? I, like, I'm not against, like, laughing and, like, if something's funny or whatever, but, like, jokes, not really, like, during sex for me. I feel like jokes during sex, you really have to know your person. It really has to be the right thing for it to work, like, for the moment. You know, like, there's, like, the playful parts, and then it's just one of those things that it's hard to give a broad rule about. I just thought of another tunnel. like. Okay, you know the whole, like, spitting in someone's mouth thing? Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that I would find it hot, but, like, sometimes when too much, like, when you're making out and, like, too much of the person's saliva gets into my mouth, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. And, like, too much tongue. I don't, I'm not really, like, a tongue person. Yeah. That's another turn off. Are you into kink at all? Like, are you into aggressive anything like that? I haven't really explored it okay. very much like it's something that I'm definitely like I definitely definitely want to try and like listening to your podcast like I'm like wow that sounds really cool like <laughs> I really want to do that and like 
oh my god sex parties like I definitely want to go to one like <laughs> and all of this stuff but I've never I've never really tried it like like choking and like yeah I've been tied up and like okay things like I, I don't know kind of like things like that but nothing like ever so intense and nothing that's like yeah nothing super intense to be honest I do think choking can be very intense and you I mean I hope that you're doing it with a partner that's very safe it sounds like you are it sounds like you only hook up with people you trust yeah. is that does is that accurate uh no okay <laughs> not, not yeah really. well just like, the examples we've gotten so far haven't haven't shown us uh other people yeah so I guess because like the best sex or like most notable sex I've had is like with people that I had a lot of sex with because all the other people like kind of one night stands and things like that I don't know it's not super notable because I didn't get to know their body or that they mine like enough yeah okay I want to ask you about that in a second but first I do just want to circle back to kink stuff and say in my own experience I absolutely require the dynamic of a power like a clear-cut power difference like for me having a dom to enjoy things like extra saliva in my mouth or being spit on in the face like it's only mm-hmm. because we have the container of that agreement and we have this explicit dynamic that I feel like oh yes that fits that makes sense for me but if I were just with someone who what especially if it was someone that I was in a relationship with who I loved who I felt all of these things and we didn't have those sorts of things established and then there was just mm-hmm. like extra spit or extra you know like 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 I would want that's why I want to talk about it because I need to know kind of what it means to them or what how to feel about it I guess is what I'm learning about myself because I'm this is just the stuff that I think about in my brain all the time so I just want to throw that out there (laughs) for anyone who's just like thinking about spit now my question for you (laughs) uh when it comes to other partners so I totally can relate to you know, we don't go as deep with casual lovers, but I would love to hear you talk a little bit about your interactions with more casual lovers leading up to it, especially what that's like as a romantic person. Do you have conversations ahead of time about what you like? Also, did you ever get any consent education or do is that something you talk about? Because you are 12 years younger than me almost. And so I'm wondering if a shift has happened in that time or kind of what your experiences are like when you're meeting hookups so they didn't uh, we they did tell us about consent at school actually they taught they did touch on it like I remember there was like a week in which they like showed us all these videos and all these things and like I think it was like because it was like a big thing in the news or something so they were like okay we have to like crack on it and so they did actually I mean it wasn't like great but and they talked about all these like gray areas or whatever they kept saying these gray areas but they kind of didn't like go into detail about what those gray areas could be or like why consent can be tricky Mm. or like is it it shouldn't be tricky but it's in like why it's seen as like a tricky thing and like why sometimes we find it hard to say no and like all of those things I would love to hear okay so I was asking about consent in the frame of how does that affect the conversations that you have with hookups or potential hookups and how are you meeting these people and do you talk about sex at all ahead of time or do you mostly just like party and let things go from there you know like because every single person is so different 
in how they approach mm. casual partners. And so that's really what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, okay. So casual partners, I have been like so irresponsible. Like I sound like all responsible and mature and like I don't really like sleep with people I don't trust and whatever. But this that's because like I'm talking about the people I, I actually got into relationships with. Mm -hmm. But like when I was single, um did I talk to them before? It was mostly like I guess it was like drunk one night stands and I think like the conversation before was something like there's this one guy that I literally like went up to him and I was like do you want to go back to we lived in the same accommodation this was in first year of university mm -hmm. where like all students like live in the same kind of place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I literally just like went up to him I saw him around um like I'd seen him around and then I saw him at a club and I was like hey I think you're really hot do you want to like go back and shag at mine like we live in the same place and that was kind of it and he was like yeah cool sounds good and then yeah we just we had sex okay is protection an assumption or do you have to talk about it protection another thing I wanted to talk about um I have had chlamydia three times okay because I just like wasn't having safe sex at all like I the first guy I slept with he had this like sort of like myth of infertility in that he had like a couple girlfriends that never used like they didn't use any kind of protection and they didn't get pregnant so I was like okay he's basically infertile so we basically didn't use a condom so I was like that's cool. oh my god and we weren't like sleeping with other people so I wasn't worried about STDs but then when I got to uni that was like different because obviously all these people were sleeping with other people and yeah. I was sleeping with other people so I was on the pill like at least I was protecting myself against pregnancy mm -hmm. at that point. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. The pill is like all fine. I'll be fine regardless. And yeah, I wasn't fine. <laughs> but now I'm like super, not even after getting chlamydia three times, like even after that, I was like, oh, I don't really care. But then I got into a relationship, so I didn't really have to think about it anymore. Now I'm super like, oh, my God, that was so dumb. Why did I do that? But yeah, not uh, not a conversation had at all. Apparently, you're the first person that's been like, "Yep, I did get chlamydia." <laughs> like, like I, don't, you know, people don't want to talk about the consequences. <laughs> and I even had a partner previously that was so embarrassed to have a conversation with me. Uh, they they got syphilis instead of having a conversation with me about it. I just got a call from my pharmacist that was like, "You have a prescription ready to come pick up," and I was like, "For what?" And they told me the name and oh, I looked wow. it up and I was like, I, I didn't, what? And then they were like, oh, it was called <laughs> in by, and then they said the name of this person's doctor. And then I basically had to trace it back. And um, I don't know if I ever actually had it or not. I had no symptoms, but I was leaving to go across the country on a plane the next day. So I just went to the pharmacy and got the pills and took them just in case. Cause I was like, I don't yeah. know. I don't have time to deal with this. <laughs> what did you have symptoms? What was your experience like and what were your did you have shame feelings tell us about the whole thing I didn't I didn't have symptoms I actually even though I wasn't using condoms at least like I was getting tested all the time okay. yeah. because I don't know I I actually just realized this was just, just like a thing from my friends like this is just what my friends did like it just didn't really use condoms and just got tested all the time so I was like okay yeah I'll just do that so then, like <laughs> 
I did used to get tested all the time and I got tested before going to uni and then a week after I was there or something. But after a week of being there, I'd already slept with like three people, four people. So I found out because, yeah, got tested, whatever. And then I had to like trace back which of these guys it was. So I told all of them and I was like, yeah, sorry. Like, by the way, got have chlamydia. I don't know what to tell you. And then, so then by, like, process of elimination, I found out who it was. Okay. And then, like, he was sleeping with all these other girls. And, like, some of the other girls were sleeping with all these other girls. So then it kind of became this whole thing. Yeah. And it was, like, literally nicknamed, like... The uni's chlamydia. Yeah, no, no, yeah. It was, like, a thing in the hall, in the hall that I went to. It was, like, the chlamydia circle. Like, literally, it was the thing. It was crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> and then like that's kind of also how I got it again because then like I was gonna say it's like I a boomerang. Got treated, <laughs> it's boomerang yeah, chlamydia. Exactly. <laughs> like I got treated, and then I like, I kept getting it again because like all these people had chlamydia, and it's just like you couldn't tell who had it and who didn't anymore. And obviously, like I still wasn't using condoms, so wow. like, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lessons learned. Great. A hundred percent. So let's see. I think you mentioned sexting or nudes earlier, right? Yeah. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about your relationship with those things? Like, do you like it? Are you into it? Does it turn like, yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us. Yeah, I love them. I like really like getting nudes. I love dick pics. I know some people like really don't like dick pics, yeah. but I love a dick pic in the right time uh-huh. and moment uh-huh. I love like videos and sending videos receiving videos like any of those kinds of things I've never had FaceTime sex or phone sex okay. but I've done like more like sessions like you'll be like texting each other and sending each other pictures like in real time mm-hmm. but I feel like I w- I'm too shy. Like, I would never be able to do it on FaceTime. <laughs> totally, totally. I love that. But I'm completely cool with nudes. And, like, I mean, I, maybe I'm too, I'm, like, way too cool with nudes. Like, I literally have so many nudes of my face out there that, like, same. I'd be a little bit mortified if they did get out. But it's okay. <laughs> would you still be mortified if they got out if we lived in a culture where it didn't potentially affect your work or public self? Like if the if the public shaming element of nudes just evaporated, or was it just a personal shyness? I mean, I think like some things like I'd be completely fine with. Like I I I wouldn't be embarrassed like me half naked or cool like, but it's like videos of me masturbating or like something that's a little bit more like obviously like intimate mm-hmm. and like obviously mm-hmm. sexual that makes me feel a little bit more uncomfortable. But other than that, like, yeah, I'd be completely cool if it wasn't, like, shameful. Like, I, like, I've posted, like, half-naked pictures on Instagram before nice. and stuff like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not against nudity in any way, shape, or form. Nice. <laughs> Are you into porn at all? Uh, not super into it. But, like, uh, once in a while, I, I'll watch it. But I've never really been super into it. It's, I'm more of a, like from my head or like yeah hands-on or (laughs) what about sex toys do you have any besides your toothbrush (laughs) yes kind of recently got my first vibrator and now I have two 
and I use them all I've kind of abandoned the toothbrush other than like when I'm home and I've just like forgot my vibrator (laughs) yes yes but yeah no I I have a like a rabbit one Mm -hmm. a rabbit dildo kind of one and then I have one that has more of a like sucky kind of stimulates oral sex kind yeah. of more a pulser i vibe. think i think a pulser is like the brand yeah the category of that style cool do you use toys with partners or is it mostly something you do by yourself i definitely like by myself okay. i and i'd never done it up until like super recently like not super super recently but recently with my boyfriend and that was him kind of wanting to do that with him being like oh bring your like let's bring your vibrator in or something and, and I kind of don't like, like it that much like we've done it a few times but I'm not super into it like the way that I come with a vibrator and like by myself is very different yeah than like with a partner and like I don't know it just doesn't get me in the mood in the same way like I'm not I don't know I'm not against it if it's like oh I kind of just want like a quick job or like as an element of something else like yeah maybe it's just part of it and then it's like whatever but I, I don't know it's not it's not really my thing to be honest but my boyfriend's kind of into it like he suggests it okay and is he like using it on you or is he like having you use it on yourself and watching uh so one of the ones I have has like a little controller so he is like um, I'm, I have it on kind of thing and so I'm more into that like that okay. I'm kind of more into that but yeah, yeah but yeah always like on like him using it on me or it's been once that like it's him watching me use it but it's more like him uh, like getting involved rather than watching me what are some other things that you want to explore definitely a threesome I really want to have a threesome I've also never done any butt stuff and like your podcast has made me be like I need to try all this like now I've never really been curious about it but now I'm like I feel like I'm missing out on like so much it's here's the thing I would say don't rush into it but it's so fucking glorious we really want to I really want to do it and like it seems to be before it kind of seemed like oh I don't know something that I'll just like die without knowing about it, it <laughs> seems kind of like oh I don't need to know but <laughs> now I'm like yeah if you just like take it step by step like you don't need to like fill on be like fisting someone you can just like (laughs) yeah you know yeah take baby steps and and my boyfriend and I have talked about it and we're like yeah let's do it and like we're like yeah it'd be cool to like because he's never done it you know either so we're like yeah let's do it together like let's figure this out and so we do want to do that and we do also want to have a threesome yeah so the two things like we I hopefully will get to do that I want to do Okay, here's a question for you. You mentioned your romantic self. How does that factor into your bisexual self? Do you feel like you need to be monogamous or do you feel like there's room to play or do you feel like you can be romantic with multiple people at the same time? I'm like super monogamous, I feel. Like okay. I I really love the idea of not being monogamous and like I kind of think that's like the way forward and anyone that like doesn't really think that is kind of just in denial a little bit but <laughs> I feel like my I'm so like jealous and insecure like I'm not at that point yet like I'd love <laughs> to one day get to that point that I'm like yeah I'm, I'm just tr- chill like I just want everyone I love to like get their needs met and like 
obviously I can't do that and you know understand and like really like embrace those things but I'm so like not in that mindset I feel like I'd just be way too jealous and stuff but I'm not so close off that I'm like I'm not open to threesomes and things like that like it's it's still at the exploring stage kind of thing like I have to see what my limits are but I definitely am open cool um but I do think that like all those ideas of like the one true love and those things have like held me back like I really definitely think that like it's made me think that there is like with this one person out there for you and like they will understand all of you and meet all your needs and you will meet theirs and like you will just be completely perfect together and all of these things when like obviously that's not the case but I think like that's like really deeply ingrained in me (laughs) so yeah yeah. for now for now definitely like monogamous do you want to hear my brand new theory about monogamy and polyamory it's not a real theory it's something my silly brain came up with late at night the other night please I was thinking to myself because I have a couple of close friends who I look at them and I'm like nope they're definitely monogamous they're definitely happy with their partner they do seem to check a lot of the boxes that society tells us you know one person is your everything like I have examples in my life of people who are like living that and then now I have another example of people who are living that, but they are now exploring the poly lifestyle and it's going well for them so far. And so I started to wonder, like, what if there's a metaphor for monogamy and polyamory where we're all just different fireworks? You know how some fireworks, you light them and they go up and it's one big explosion? Maybe that's like the classic monogamous thing. And then there's some fireworks where it's like pew, 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 you know? And I'm like, oh, maybe that that's a person with like multiple pew. And then there's people like me where it's just like you know it just pops everywhere and it's the ones that kind of like scatter and so I'm like and you know how some of them they have different timings too so if you and now I'm talking about like the big fireworks that are cakes where like when you set them off they have different phases and you think of the whole fireworks show and how it has an arc so I've just been like thinking about this metaphor in the back of my mind of like oh maybe I'm just in a a single spark firework stage and maybe I'll get to the multiple sparks phase I don't know this is just something I would like I came I was (laughs) I was very high the other night and I like, came up with this idea. <laughs> so I'm no, like, but I actually really like that. Right. Yeah. Cause it like leaves room for exploration and it's not a solid label, but it's also just like some, and then, and then they can interact together too and make a whole show. What else about your sex life do we need to know? Maybe start with how did you come to have a sex podcast? Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So I always loved listening to podcasts. And specifically, like, sex and dating podcasts, because it's just kind of what I'm interested in. Like, I'm always talking about it. I just really liked it. So I was like, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. Like, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts and, like, a lot of stories. And, yeah, let's just, like, see what happens. And, like, I just want to make it more normal. Because, like, so many people that I met at uni and, like, people that kind of won in my original friend group like they always just say oh my god Maria like you talk so much about sex like any conversation that we ever have with you will turn into a conversation about sex so many people like find it uncomfortable and like would I would hear later on that it'd be like yeah I don't know they just find it like kind of uncomfortable sometimes because you turn everything into a sex thing and I'm like oh wow like okay didn't didn't really know that and I was like okay well let's just normalize it like I don't know I shouldn't feel bad about it like I'm not like trying to be sexual and I'm not being sexual I'm just talking about sex you know so me and my best friend were like 
should we do this yeah let's do it and then we just started talking about things and like it's kind of crazy how much we've learned and like the things that we've learned about each other from just talking about things literally let alone like the things that we've learned from other podcasts and other people and just like growing the podcast like honestly so much and it just like makes me think of like the value of actually doing it all the time like every time that I learn a new thing or I'm like oh wow I didn't realize that about myself and I don't know it just has like a lot of value I think and I love like the message of your podcast for instance and like people just getting to hear about people's sex life and stuff it's like really entertaining and pretty cool so yeah awesome (laughs) Okay, so we heard a little bit more earlier about what you want to explore, but could you speak to what your overall hopes and dreams going forward for your sex life are? Yeah, I hope I learn a lot more about what makes me come and like the different ways I can come. Because I feel like that I'm always like learning yeah. new ways and I'll be like, oh, wow, that was kind of, that was crazy. That was surprising. Definitely. I want to like learn more about my body in terms of just like other pleasure points like my ass. Yeah, I think just learn a lot more about like my pleasure, those points and like those things that I can do to just make me have a better time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I'd probably pick 17, like right before I kind of started having sex with guys and I would probably just say like they just they'll have a good time if you have a good time I promise like don't be so worried about if they're enjoying it or like if you look good the only like like the way to guarantee they'll have a good time is if you have a good time yeah lastly do you have a sex question for me I feel like I have so many but I guess when you sort of like started discovering that maybe you were like into kink and sort of like being a sub or any of those things, like how did you make the switch? Like how did you take steps into that direction? I guess. I historically am a person that has like a thought or an idea. And then I just kind of dive in. Like I did not do a lot of research. I think if I were talking to anyone now, I would be like, go read the new topping and the new bottoming book by Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton and like, go do your research. Like, go learn what it is. Go learn about the rules. Go learn about the boundaries. Go learn what about what boundaries are and how to set them. But me, I was just like, I don't really know what kink or BDSM are, but I've always wanted to sort of like try something kinky. You know, when when you don't even know what that word fully means, like I just wanted to like do more things. And I didn't do any research, but I found someone on the internet. Like I went on FetLife and made a profile and matched with someone who became my master. And it turned out that we had a fuck ton in common. And I think I got lucky. So I got the benefit of having someone who was super into this thing, usher me into this world with him. And he was so good at checking in with me along the way of being like, do you like this? Are you into this? It created an entire system where all I had to say was like, yes or no. And that's why safe words were so valuable for me and so delicious. And I don't know if it's pure coincidence that I just happened to be into all of the things that he's into. I don't know if it's, if I'm just an extremely 
morphy person. Like some part of me is really curious if I suddenly were to have a partner that was super into, I'm just going to give an extreme example because I don't know, like I'm not into shit play. Like, like that's not a thing that I currently identify as sexy, but I do love bud stuff and I'm not afraid of things getting messy. So there's a part of me that's like, if I had a dominant partner who was really into shit play, like, would I get into it? I don't know. I don't have enough information about myself. You know, so I don't know if I just happened to stumble into a partner and like we just jive perfectly. But after I started to really understand how much kink and having someone give me directions during sex quieted my nervous system, then I started exploring more. And it's the reason that I like to talk to people directly. Like I like to hear directly about what people like from them because there's nuance and emotional context and all of these different details that other people like. And so I think that my future of exploration is going to be as personal as I have the bandwidth to make it. Like I get, you know, inspirations from new people every time I talk to them and I learn and I grow that way. And I'm hoping that that's how my sex life can continue to unfold. But yeah, starting out at the very beginning, I had no fucking clue what I was doing and I just stumbled into a lot of things. And now I know a bunch of different resources like audio erotica, literotica, like all of these places that give examples, which are great ways to explore. And so I've been kind of like diving into that stuff as well. Okay, cool. I see. You kind of just stumbled in. I, I just stumbled in. I just got lucky. How the best thing happened. Yeah. And, and oh, no, there, there is one more piece to that. During the stumble, I think it was the first week that I met my master, maybe when he gave me his collar, he gave me a catalog, like a paper catalog from the stockroom, which is a sex shop here in Los Angeles, but they ship internet. They're like a big company. He gave me a catalog to flip through so I could look at all of the different toys and I was supposed to like circle the ones that I was interested in. And so that was a cool way to just, because oh, wow. there were so many toys that I was like, I don't fucking know what that is. You know, but then there's some with pictures where yeah. you see the people have it on and you're like, oh, oh, it goes in their mouth. Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, it covers up their whole face. Oh, that hole is for a mouth. Oh, that hole is not for a mouth. Okay. You know, so figuring all those things out was kind of fun. <laughs> But did you just like find him on an app or like on FetLife? Met him. So I I got really lucky. So FetLife is a website. I'm not on it anymore. I might go back. Or am I on it? I'm I'm not active on it. If I am on it, and because I got so overwhelmed by the amount of like sexual attention from people that just like don't read profiles and don't and they just like give you their gross sexual energy. And I already receive you know two years into having a sex podcast, I receive a ton of unsolicited sexual energy from people because not everybody listens to the part of the episodes and I don't say it in every single episode where I'm like don't share your fantasies about me with me I don't need to know them it's fine if you're getting off but like it doesn't help me make a connection with a new person mm -hmm. if what you lead with is like I masturbate to you <laughs> I love it you know like <laughs> like how the fuck like to me like a person I know you probably masturbate to me <laughs> don't tell me how sexy my voice is. you know like like, just be respectful. Treat me like a person first, if you, you know. So I met him on FetLife, and he was the first non-creep to message me. Like, he was the first person to send me proper email treating me like a person. And then I went to coffee in a public place, you know, not with real names yet. He didn't know who I was yet. Like, I'm very safety conscious. And then meeting him in person, 
I heard extensively all the things that he was into. And I remember at the time I was just like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be into all of those things, especially butt stuff, especially getting hit. Like I felt very scared, but it was like mm. the kind of scared where I was like, but I want to find out, you know, cause I'm extremely <laughs> curious. And the first night that we were together, it was such an amazing heightened experience. And he is so thoughtful with the details and it was great. <laughs> and, you know, and so we kept going from there. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. new, new explorers, I would always say like, be careful, do your research. I'd say do enough research to make sure that you feel safe and don't do so much research that it activates your anxiety and everyone just has to feel into that. And so, and, and I think a big part of my kinky journey has been learning to recognize what is anxiety in my body and find ways of letting it go. And so that's kind of been like the, the more recent step of my journey because the more that I'm able to just be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was like, nervous about how I smelled right now and like if I take a bath leading up to it that completely just now I don't have to be nervous about that like like finding the ways to set my brain up for a more delicious experience that's so cool yeah Maria thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much for having me